the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. Hi. I thought you were going to say hi no, too. No, no, no. It's going looking... to it's going to turn out fine. It's going to turn out fine. I'm sure it'll be great. Oh, oh, hey, hey, <laughs> Heather and Donnie Moser. We're glad you're tuning in and listening to this week's episode. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. Matthews Hope. Matthews Hope. Oh, did I say Matthews Hope? Yeah. <laughs> Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program. We have a two week. Matthew hopes you could say his name right. I did. I just maybe am. Had too much Red Bull today. Talking faster than my brain. Oh, let's do this. I'm so hopped up on caffeine right now. <laughs> Can I say what I'm supposed to say? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, so this show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a two-week detox followed with 24 months of free aftercare, IASIS microcurrent neuro- neurofeedback, and peer recovery support offered to any client that completes our program. And so if you or a loved one have any questions about substance use disorder, addiction, or possible uh, treatments that might fit what you need, please go to our website at www.mhdrp.org. Or give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. You'll press extension 1 for the detox or 2 for the outpatient. And you may accidentally get Heather. You might. I sometimes answer. Which has got to be pretty cool for people. Um, We're so grateful that you listen to us on Sundays at 1 p.m. on KPRC 950. If you're in Houston and if not, you can go to the iHeartRadio app, which is a free download. And you can go to the KPRC 950 channel to listen to us at 1 p.m. on Sundays or just catch us anytime after Sunday and all of our shows are uploaded to a podcast. We really are grateful that you've chosen to listen to two mediocre individuals (laughs) that have been given microphones. I think this week's episode is something like number 118 or something like that. I'd have to look. Um, Only God could make something like this happen. So it's so crazy to scroll back and look at all of our past episodes of things we've given talks on and talked about. It's yeah. just, it's pretty cool. It's a cool time capsule of us just trying to do our best to See help See how much people. you've grown and how much you've improved. You've really... <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying you a compliment. No, you're not. I see your face right now. <laughs> just saying that you've really grown and improved. You're... Donnie's a bad liar. Anyways, um, so Mattress Saga. Oh, first, I want to say something else. Oh, and yeah. They can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Just search at Do you get any traffic on Relevant one of those? Recovery. Yeah. Should we just cancel but, them? Well, I don't know. We do, actually, but I just don't know if it's like people listening to the radio show. There may just be other followers on those platforms liking, sharing, and reading our content. You should um, give them like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And we're sometimes gonna... people that listen call uh, call in. And so I've definitely experienced that. It's September 1st when we're recording this show. Mm-hmm. On September 30th, based on people that reach out and say, hi, I'm here. That's all you have to say. Hi, I'm here. Or how do, how do you do it on social media? How, does some, how do you know if somebody's paying attention? I mean, on Facebook, they could comment on any of the weekly posts. I post all the weekly shows to Facebook. And so what we want them to say is, I hear you. 
If you listen to the show and you go to Facebook, you do the Fasha book. The reason I'm just curious. Just say I'm here because if we're not getting any traffic, let's kill them. I hate social media. Yeah, because the reason I'm curious is because um, of Facebook and because I get the numbers for the radio show and the podcast and we're actually mm-hmm. doing great and growing every week. And so. Which is a shocker. Crazy, but awesome. I'm grateful. Um, but Facebook is really weird because I keep getting messages that I've like violated community standards or they won't let me boost my posts so that we can grow and spread. Like they think I do something wrong all the time. And I'm like, I'm talking about recovery. <laughs> so like, even if I use the word like. Maybe they're pro fentanyl death. I don't. I don't know what Facebook is actually for at this point, but even if I type like the word drug, I make sure I like put an asterisk instead of a U so that you don't type the word because that might violate a community standard to say drug addiction. Um, it literally, oh, wow. like any, like alcohol. I take it back. It, Let's just kill all of them. Let's just so, kill our social media, be done with this. It's like, really annoying to try to navigate a business profile page or a podcast page on Facebook because they're so difficult. I don't know how other people get away with advertising for themselves in the way that they do. Because well, I think they take the time to then, when they get declined, denied, you know, um, unfairly accused, they fight it. And I don't so I get denied all the time. And then if I submit for an actual review by a human, it's usually approved. But I just have to go through a process every week to get it posted. So it's really annoying. We agree that Facebook is absolutely evil. Yeah. Marxist, <laughs> communist. Well, they uh, censor stuff, and it's not like led right. by the evil one. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? I don't know. Well, anyways, okay, so that's what we'll do. Well, let's just, I just thought of it. So, in the month of September, if you if you actually like listen to the show and you're on the Fascia book or you're on the Instagram mm-hmm. on our either of our pages, just. And I want to Comment, say that I it, hear you. what it doesn't count is because if, if if you don't hear us, you don't see it. You don't. If we don't, we're just going to kill them because I don't I don't see because if it doesn't to need to be them. there, it doesn't need to be there. And I don't mean my personal Facebook page that I'm not going to say my full name on the radio. Oh, I was hoping to get you to cancel um, that one. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is I'm friends with a lot of people in the recovery community that are friends with me on my personal Facebook page. Yeah. And I also post there too. But I think that actually reaches way more people than the actual relevant recovery page. Are you page saying you're, you are more popular than our show? I'm saying I have more friends and followers than our show. Yeah. All right. So define friends. Facebook <laughs> friends. Oh, that's a class all its own. So we have a new bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We only got a couple minutes of this segment left. Let's, what? Mattress Saga? Yeah, Mattress Saga. We're on bed number four in the last 16 months of Mosher <laughs> World. And it's Sattva number two. So, and we love what? them. And they, they do not sponsor. I don't get yeah, a penny not, from them. We're not sponsored by Sattva. But if Lord, you love are, them, especially if you're in Houston, because they have a factory in Houston. Well, they're putting it in Houston. Anyways, it took us no time at all to get our new mattress. We had it like a week and a half. Um, And they had the best customer service we've ever experienced. And we were able to, we were just shy of a year. And so they give Mm. you a whole year to see if you like the mattress. We ended up not liking the first sattva. And they came and took the old one away and delivered the new one for just like $99 for that service fee, which is incredible and didn't cost us anything to change. And perfectly reasonable. Perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Um, Especially with gas prices. And... I love the new mattress. It's the normal ultra You can firm. feel the center like raised, like with the, the firmness or whatever. I don't know, but I, I don't am... know. I just know that I can sleep without you on me. Awkward silence. <laughs> I like it. Okay, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here in a minute with Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. On a Sunday, fun day. I hope the weather starts getting cooler soon. Here's the weird thing. In Houston, it's been so hot. So, like 20. Literally so hot that in the last few days, <laughs> it's, yesterday. It felt so good outside listen, and it was, what, 96? <laughs> listen, yesterday or day before, I was walking outside. It was 3, 3.30. It was yesterday. It was 3, 3.30 and I walked outside. I was like, wow, it's really cooled off. And I checked my watch. It was 98. Yeah. But it's been so hot. That 98 feels good. Yes. And I think humidity has changed. That hurricane that went up into Florida probably pulled a lot of our humidity out of the air and all that. But it's... I don't know how that science works. I just knew it felt better outside we're down to the mid the mid 90s fall is upon us this is <laughs> i'm great. excited for halloween it's one of my favorite uh holidays because yeah. we always throw a co- big old costume party at the kendrick's and you and i are dressing up this year as beth and rip yeah i can't wait i'm pretty excited <laughs> about it i'm i'm actually excited to get that costume together <laughs> and so if you and don't I'm gonna start killing people if you are a listen stop saying that on the radio please first of all I can say that I plan to kill people like Rip does, take them to the train station. Take them to the train. I'm going to take you to the train station. (laughs) Anyways, if you do not follow Relevant Recovery Radio on Facebook or Instagram, now would be a good reason to, uh, not just for our weekly episodes, but I'll post a picture of me and Donnie as Beth and Rip on Halloween on there. That's two months away. I'll still do it. That's really, that's a huge teaser. Anyways... Um, so what is it? What topic have you brought? Before we talk about so, that, I want to gripe about a Houston driver again real quick. <laughs> Hold on. It's, I got a little segue Is this going to be like a segment every week? Maybe. Stupid Houston drivers, part 735. We're going to call this the new Houstonian <laughs> driver says. No, just what if the person that did this is listening and I get an opportunity to make them uh, shame themselves? Then I'll feel better about myself. So here's what happened. Oh my God. Yesterday I was leaving work. Maybe it was the day before. I forget, but I was leaving work, which is uh, the detox, Matthew Soap Detox downtown, and I'm on St. Joseph Parkway heading west to go 45 north. Yeah. And so you, it's all one way, yep. and I'm in the center lane, and so there's people to the left and to the right of me, and we're all stopped at a red light. Mm. I'm the first car in the center lane, and there's a car to the right and a car to the left. Yeah. There's a pedestrian. A normal, what's he, what's he doing? a normal looking gentleman that's crossing from our right all the way across to the left, and we are at a red light. What do you mean normal? Normal. Like, he didn't, he, he had a shirt been, on. He could have been walking. Okay, so he, he didn't so, you know, appear downtown. homeless. He, he didn't, didn't appear homeless. No. Just seemed like maybe he was walking from office to office. Normal maybe dude walking crossing okay. the street um, during, in the crosswalk like he should have during our red light. Yeah, what'd he do? And he passed, stop. He passed across the car to the right of me, then he passed across from my car, and when he almost was done crossing completely, the car to my left, the car to my left guns their gas and slams on their brakes and makes their car lunge at him, almost hit him. He had to jump out of the way, and he's like, hey! And they didn't even have a green light. It was not a green light. The light was still red. So they were doing it just to mess they with them. They did it just to be a jerk. Oh, wow. And I could Whoa, not... with the language. I couldn't believe... Well, I wanted to say something else. Oh, um, that was censored. Okay. I could not believe what I had just witnessed. And I don't know why that driver did that. Well, let's let's say that there's, I mean, we live in Houston. Let's say there's a 10 to 15% chance that this ignorant human being was on their phone, maybe not paying attention, and they literally went to go. Maybe they saw something that they went to go. Okay, so there's a 10 or 15% chance of that. Yeah. There's a percentage that this person... No, was this person of a different ethnicity? I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> well, right? So there's but, that. Yeah. There is... 
I will say the driver was female. Well, there you go. We have the reason right there. <laughs> no, I, I just couldn't believe what I witnessed. Maybe it was a complete accident, and they but you their said foot. but it appeared it appeared to be absolutely intentional to scare the guy. That's crazy. It, to scare the guy, and he jumped over uh, away from her car and was like, "Hey!" And just he just standing. He wasn't aggressive. He was just looking at her like, "Why did you do that to me?" Mm. And uh, she just looked up at him and then back down at the steering wheel. And we still sat there for many seconds at a red light. She didn't say sorry no. or wave. No. All right. So, so if that was you're you, advocating, you're a horrible human being. So a few weeks ago, you advocated for the DEA to go away and all drugs to become legal. Now you're advocating <laughs> for the death of female drivers or, or <laughs> no. for female drivers to have their, their licenses. Death kick. For, for female drivers to have the license taken away. No, I'm just know. saying Houston drivers are really, really dumb. Not all of them are female, but like 80% of them are female. This is coming from a female. Coming, I get to say it because I'm a girl. I can't. No, you cannot. They would call me a misogynist. <laughs> I'm just saying, every time I see something really crazy, idiotic, or mean like that, nine times out of ten when I pass them, it's a girl not paying attention. Women in Houston, women drivers do super appear to aggressive, be very super aggressive. defensive, super entitled. It didn't use or to even be oblivious that way. and dumb. Yeah, I don't know. Like they just don't even know they have a blinker on their vehicle. Did anything good happen on the road over the last week? Mm, you're gonna make me look for a good story. Yeah. Well. You just think about that during the show, and if something <laughs> pops up, let's let's look for something positive. Anyway, so now we'll get to our topic today. So because every cause week bad driving goes into our topic. Well, every and, every week we will kind of spottily through the week be like, you got a topic, you got a topic, what do you want to talk about? And some weeks we we'll put it on me, some weeks I we'll put it on you. So it was on you this week. Mm-hmm. And so what did you come up? I with? wanted to talk about personal responsibility and boundaries. Because- it's your fault. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Because I think it's so important to take personal responsibility in your life. And this definitely goes into recovery. Uh, Your recovery and my recovery is built on the idea of taking action on things I do control. I'm not an alcoholic because Because of anyone else. And all the things I did are because they're the things I did. They weren't anybody else's fault. And so that's what I want to talk about today because um, it's very popular or trendy in society to talk about, oh, i got to implement my boundaries or, oh, my healthy boundaries, this or that. And some people are still so self-entitled and ignorant on what that even means. And so what I want to say about what I think personal responsibility means, it's like a willingness to see the truth about my own behavior and make strenuous effort to live by or improve my standard. Like, I, where do I need to take action? Because, But here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to, I'm going to challenge. I'm going to throw out a challenge for the two of us. As we speak about this, only our experience. And here's what I mean by that. Oh, I can give you a lot of experience in mine. But that's, I want us to hold to that. So when mm-hmm. it comes to personal responsibility or boundaries, you and I are only going to speak about our experience on what we've done, learned, and grown one, in. One thing I've done learned, I'm getting to realizing, <sighs> I'm getting to realizing is what the opposite of what I'm talking I'm about back to Oklahoma. is uh, blaming others for all my problems. Here's examples of my personal life. Let's just go through the last three or four years and all the things you've blamed me for and go. <laughs> no, I just remember... For a long time, I used my 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 marriage failure, marriage number two failure, mm-hmm. as an excuse of why I was a drug addict, right? I, I thought I could blame that failed marriage on causing me to become a heroin addict. And it wasn't until much later, taking personal responsibility and learning about the illness of addiction, that I realized that an external thing or event can't cause chronic addiction. I think what... I realize the same, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, 
And I think what I realized is that it wouldn't have mattered how good number two was. No. Number two could have been a deity. Yeah. And they wouldn't have been able to do enough to make me content. Yeah. Because that's true. It didn't, it didn't, I wanted to point the finger and blame and see like, see, marriage failed because of you. And, and if you don't want me, you know, I'm just going to put, push the self-destruct button on life. And then for me, that came in the form of heroin. So what, what is behind personal responsibility? Like when we talk about needing to learn to and to take personal responsibility like what is your definition of that like because that's one of the elements of recovery to improve your life if you continue if i continue to blame him for my heroin addiction there's no solution in that if i continue to just blame others for where my life is or what's going on in my life there's no solution in that and in the 12 right because if it's your fault then I'm just screwed. But if it's my fault, it can be fixed. If I want to be free, the problem has to be me. It is. I'm the only... (laughs) Listen. You know what? We're free. (laughs) We're Uh, free. We're done. I realized through writing my first four step, four five, it was such a profound experience because I realized how much of a problem I was. My thinking, my actions, my behaviors, my entitlement, my blaming others. I'm like, oh my God. So what we're talking about is when when it comes to personal responsibility it really is based on a foundation of humility and honesty and, and, and can like, you be honest with yourself about yourself i can't self-honest i know you can't but maybe our listeners can well uh well maybe put something on the facebook they don't go to <laughs> and we'll see what they say don't go anywhere we're gonna be right back here in a minute with relevant recovery radio To relevant recovery radio. Did you take a benzo while we were at the Heather and Donnie Mosier. Talking all slow. I'm just going with the music. (laughs) That's how the music goes. Well, we're talking about personal responsibility and boundaries today. And Heather was going to give us a a window into when she's going to start taking that. (laughs) What I realized is. um, I give you, you know what I realized? I give you a lot of hard time on this show. Do you think people understand that it's all a joke and how much I love you, adore you? I hope you, they do. And, I hope they understand our banter by this point. Yeah, if not, put they you can on a scroll pedestal. back and listen to the first 117 episodes and realize we just joke like that this. We're just idiots. Other, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... <sighs> so I want to take personal responsibility for like always knocking you. I told you this the other day. So you and I are going to dinner tonight at one of our pastor's house. Yeah. With some friends. And I said, hey, we need to practice. And you knew exactly what I was talking about. You didn't even say anything. You you were yelling at me, hey, hey. (laughs) And I knew what you were going to tell me. We need to figure out how to pretend to be nice to each other in front of people we don't know very well. Because you have already made Pastor Scott very nervous. People don't understand how we joke. Or I don't know why it makes them uncomfortable. Or if maybe they don't know we're joking. But lighten up, you know? Right. Well, but but not everything is so serial. I think I think also there is like uh, there's a good practice for edification though. Yeah, yeah. To edify each other is that the build, right, build that each right? other. Well, not no, but you could uh, build each other up and encourage each other. That's I think that's edifying. I thought edifying was like explaining. Mm-mm. Google I'll, it. I'll look it up while you're Google talking. It. So, so uh, go ahead and pontificate for a minute while I look so this up. So personal responsibility means taking action on things I do control, right? And so I can look back and I can say, okay, I 
definitely made choices and self-willed getting married. Not once, not twice, you know? And so then I don't get to be a victim of the situation I've chosen to place myself in. Edifying, instructive, or informative in a way that improves the mind or character. Explaining. So to build up. I don't know if I mean to build up. We'll have to research that better later. Okay. So, but my point is, is let's fast forward into my early sobriety. Here's where I really learned that lesson, okay? Okay. Um, once I got sober. Soby. So I got heady wandy soby. Yeah. So I got sober, worked the steps, and I only dated one guy before you, right? Ever. That's that's <laughs> what I love about you. like... You've never been married, you were a virgin, you had never dated anyone except this one guy. But That's my, what you told me, right? My point is, is I was I was trying to self-will that relationship too, and I was trying to ignore things that should have been red flags, and I was trying to make excuses, or for instance, he was just a very jealous guy. Mm-hmm. And and so I couldn't I couldn't seem to do anything to cure his jealousy issue. It didn't matter how good I was. And here's an example. Okay. One night I take a girl that had relapsed to a treatment center in Austin. So you were 12 stepping, you were doing what we do. And he was in the 12 step. Oh yeah. He was in 12 steps. Okay. But I lived in sober living at the time. This girl had relapsed. She needed to go to rehab. We drove her to Austin. So I get back at like two or 3 a.m. Right. Right. It's late. Because you were a good two and a half hours. It was not what I wanted to do that night. Um, And so I thought about texting him, but I didn't want to wake him up. He had to go to work early in the morning, you know? And so I and if he bed. was worried, he could have texted you. And so I went to bed. Well, next morning I get up and I got like these scathing emails and voicemails of how I, he doesn't think that's what I really went and did. I'm acting out of character. I always text him before I go to bed. I'm like, bro, I really took a girl to treatment. What? He's like, what did you really do, Heather? <laughs> you know? So wait, so y'all were dating at <laughs> dating, the time, but uh-huh. not living together. Right, right. Okay, okay. And so I ignore this red flag and I do move in with him later. And this is indicative of what the entire relationship was like uh, often, where I'm like trying to, I went and told my story at a treatment center once and, or no, Michelle did. And when we got home or we're on our way home, I said, hey, I texted him, do you want anything for McDonald's? I'm stopping for McDonald's. We're stopping. And he goes, yeah, I want ice cream. So me and Michelle and another girl went inside, got our food, ate real quick, maybe 15 minutes, got his ice cream fresh, came home, doors locked, chained. <laughs> I am not allowed in. I've disrespected his time. I apparently didn't come straight home. And I'm like, I told you we were going to McDonald's. He said, you were going by McDonald's. That means drive through, not going in. So anyways, this is indicative of the relationship that so, I uh, wait, chose. Wait, so let's- That un- I chose. Hold on, let's unpack it a little bit. <laughs> so I'm sure at the time that you put all of this on him. So explain where is your personal responsibility in this situation? So I kept thinking I was a victim in this scenario. Okay. I kept thinking he's the jerk. He needs to learn I'm valuable and I'm loyal. And if I just... So I'm innocent. He's aggressor. Yeah. And so I, I kept, don't deserve this. So I kept writing inventory on him. I kept calling my sponsor to complain about him. And, and she would say, cool, do you want to leave? Or she would say, Heather, do you think this is what love is? She'd say, Heather, is this what God got you sober for? She would just propose questions. And I always just deflected. Why do you think she did that? She was trying to get me to find the truth for myself rather than her telling me what I should because do. Because if she had told you. I would not have listened to her. And so um, finally, this is like 11 months down the road. I remember writing. You're really hard-headed. I'm very. Yeah, I know. I don't want to take personal responsibility. I want it to be someone else's fault. When you do certain <laughs> things that like get under my skin to make it sting, I call you your dad's name. <laughs> yeah. Because so, he's pretty stubborn. So one day I uh, wrote some uh, inventory nightly, step 11, and sent it to her, and delusion was blank, no. 
And so my sponsor texts me. She goes, oh, you forgot delusion. And I said, no, I don't have one. She goes, huh. yeah, you do. And I said, well, what is it? She goes, I'm going to let you figure that out for yourself. So now I'm resentful at her, and it takes me three days to figure <laughs> out what my delusion is. My delusion is that he'll ever be any different. He's never shown me that. And so, in other words, all he has shown you throughout the relationship is the crazy same, side. He never behavior. showed you healthy behavior. No, not consistently. And so, all right, so we're getting to the personal responsibility. So I finally um, had enough one day, I think, and I called her to complain about him. Mm-hmm. And she goes, she clapped her hands. I could hear her. She goes, Heather, you don't get to make decisions based in self that place you in a position to be her and then you get to be a victim. You don't get to continue to choose him and choose that relationship and not choose different and then you call me to complain. We're not entertaining this ever again. Mm, ouch. Either choose it and stay <clears throat> or don't choose it and leave. And when you finally decided to go, what was her reaction? She was at my house in two minutes. With, with another lady, With right? another lady. They bought me groceries. They took my dog. They put me in another sober house. They got me out of there. She was they, there to help me once I t- took personal responsibility. And that is the beauty of the fellowship that we have surrounded ourselves with mm-hmm. is that if we're doing our job, our job with our friends, our sponsees, whatever it is, is to ask questions. Because if you tell me my answer, you've convinced me against my will and I'm of my, my own opinion Same still, right? Still. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if I ask the right questions and you find the answer, you are then self-convinced. And, and that's the what she second was you're self-convinced, at. if you need my help, I'm there. Yeah. L- like you said it, within minutes, literally within 15 minutes, her, it was less than that. Whitney she, was there, yeah. and they got you out of that house. They had you somewhere to stay. Like, it was quick. But I had to realize that this was on me to choose differently. Um, I can't just sit here and continue to be a victim. I knew I would drink again. I knew that I wasn't going to be in God's will or stay sober if I continued to make those same uh, self-seeking choices, trying to make it work. Did you just tie it to recovery? I did. We're there. Yes. (laughs) I wasn't sure we were going to get there. It's important to learn from your mistakes. 100%. Now, how does personal recovery, how does it translate? Because you wanted to do personal, uh, sorry, personal Responsibility. Responsibility. Do you even know what the topic is? Where are you? I'm just here to make jokes and be stupid. It's, it's <laughs> well, a gift. it's working. It's a gift. Um, but you mentioned boundaries. Yeah, because... Do you think we've covered personal... To some extent. I mean, we could sit here for three hours giving dozens and dozens of personal examples. I don't know what our listeners are going through where they need to take personal responsibility. Um, maybe you're hiding your drug or alcohol use. Maybe you're minimizing it in your mind and saying you don't have what, a problem. Actually, okay, so here... There's, let There's, me tell a quick one. Okay. Let me tell a quick one. So I was um, 38 years old. I, so I think, a long time ago. I, no, it's not that long. <laughs> um, I got sober at 41. So this is back 38. I am full-blown alcoholic. Um, I was married to number two, but I was out one night with a female co-worker. Uh-huh. We went to uh, the House of Blues to go see... Um, Henry Rollins do this spoken word thing, and I drank quite a bit that night, mm-hmm. and so did she. Now, there was nothing inappropriate except that I was out with a woman that wasn't my wife, right? That's not okay. Mm-hmm. Not okay. Anyways, on the way home, we get pulled over. They lied about why they pulled me over. Anyways, I go to jail because I had, <laughs> I go to jail for possession and unlawful care of a firearm. Now, you go ahead and make your possession joke. Uh-uh. Okay. Anyways, two years into my sobriety, when my sponsor would ask me about that, I would bring it up and he would say, wait a minute, 
I would be like, no, no, you don't understand. They put that they arrested me for a broken tail, a broken license plate light when my truck was brand new. It wasn't broken. You're a victim. They said that the the drugs were in plain view and they weren't. They had to tear the car apart. It took me two years to come to the personal responsibility of had I not had drugs in my car. (laughs) And a gun. Well, the gun was legal. I I had a license, but the drugs negate the license, right? (laughs) So had I not had drugs in the car. it was just weed. But- had I not had drugs in the car, I would not have been arrested for possession. But you know what? I look back on it now. Huh. Had I not had drugs in the car, you know what I would have been arrested for? What? Dewey. What? Yeah, I was pretty drunk. But they were so focused on the drugs, they didn't even like field sobriety test me or anything. Um. And it, and believe it or not, possession of a little bit of weed. It's a much lighter charge. Than so. A- Dewey. But the personal responsibility <laughs> is, is I had the drugs in the car. It's on me. It's your fault. So, yeah. I so, agree. It's always your fault. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right <laughs> back here in a minute with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Okay, Heather, I'm going to challenge you. you. I'm going to challenge you. Hmm. You make me smile every day. You are wonderful and you are funny. Like most women are not funny. Would you agree, Will? Will shook his head yes <laughs> and gave like devil horns and rocked his head. Yeah. <clears throat> most girls are not funny, but I'm funny. Okay. I'm really funny. Um, I told Basically. a story of when I was 38. You told us. What about, give me something from the last month. I got one. Let's hear it. All right, so little background is, because this goes into personal responsibility and how it meshes with boundaries. Um, so I love my mother. My mother is a very dear, sweet woman. She really is. And, um, and she has uh, some severe mental health um, issues with paranoid schizophrenia. Like for real. For real, for yeah. real, for real. Yeah. And so sometimes that flares up and sometimes the medication doesn't work. And so anyways, um, old Heather, for years and years and years and decades... Um, I've always let her push my buttons. I'll word it that way. I've allowed her to push my buttons. I've allowed myself to treat her poorly. I've allowed myself to block her phone number off my phone for years at a time. I have justified yelling at her. And I laugh about this now, but Mm -hmm. when you and I first met, you got off the phone the one time and I was like, oh my God, you talked to your mom that way. You know, at that time I wasn't even talking to my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're you were so playing an 11 year quiet game with your mom. We're so ridiculous. And then okay, you go ahead. were offended that I got off. So I'm, you would I'm block getting her, to my boundaries. Would, yeah. So sometimes figuring out personal responsibility and how it meshes with boundaries takes years and it needs to change and morph. It's not like, let me get a piece of paper and write out this formula. This is what I'm going to stick to for life. But what I knew when I got sober is that I had to begin treating my mother differently and I had to take personal responsibility. Uh, no one makes me act a certain way. In other words, I can't say, she made me yell at her. No one can make me do that. Right. I'll- I can. <laughs> That's not proper language. I either allow it or I don't allow it. 100%. I have, I have personal responsibility here. And uh, and so when I was newly sober, it was baby steps. And so I remember like once or twice a month, I would call her for five minutes. I would let her know I'm still sober and I love her and I would find a reason to get off the phone. I didn't know how to navigate that relationship with kindliness, tolerance, love. I didn't know have have it yet. But fast forward to like within this last six months, it's somewhere completely different now. I'm seven years sober now and um, I'm 
usually not short with my mom on the phone. I called her to tell her happy birthday the other day and sent her some birthday gifts. And just spent, we spent, I don't know, 30 minutes on speakerphone with and her. And you, you answer her call nine times out of ten? Yes, if I can, I answer her call. Yeah. And I used to not do that. And so what I mean is um, because of the schizophrenia, um, I have to set two boundaries with my mom. Number one, I don't talk about money. Paycheck, income, taxes, what our house is. Because it, early on, because I... You make, them some, you make a mistake, sir. Well, early on, so I make, out of your three hubbies, I make the most, I make a good amount of money. Yeah. And you, by accident, sort of flaunted that a little bit, right? I, Can you take personal responsibility personal for that? Personal responsibility you, is I was so excited to let my dad know I'm well taken care of now. You don't have to worry about me. And that so it flaunted I, a little so bit. So I made the mistake years ago of talking about money with my parents. Yeah. And so I had to learn, wait a minute, because then they'd call and I mean, someone in my family would ask for money. <laughs> All right. No, that's not what I mean, <laughs> you know? And so sometimes I might feel in my heart to loan it. But anyways, point being is I have two boundaries with my mom. Uh, I don't talk about money and I don't talk about my children with her. Mm-hmm. Um, because she will call frequently and she'll say, well, have you talked to Hannah or has Hannah called you about this? I say, mom, I'm not going to talk to because you Because by Hannah. the way, the way we feel about it is number one, Hannah's 20. Yeah, my daughter's 20. Um, 20 and a half. <laughs> yeah. And she is a grown woman Does who it, lives on her own, yeah. who doesn't need a helicopter mom. And so you're trying to let her be a grown woman and make mistakes because the only way you and I have learned anything in our life is to make those mistakes. Yeah. But because of my mom's schizophrenia, um, she will obsess like a pit bull locked on a bone about yeah. some weird little piece of information. It does make it worse. And it makes it way, way worse. And so just recently, I won't even, it doesn't even matter what the specific scenario is, but she was calling trying to get me to do what she wanted me to do around the specific piece of information and I had to set the boundary. And so personal responsibility is is that you set the ball rolling on the money stuff. I, I set that ball rolling. I can only blame myself. And you used to engage in the discussions uh-huh. about the kids, right? Yep. So the personal responsibility is you've made that mistake. I've made those but mistakes. But you're not going to now. You take personal responsibility and, and, and so you've I set a boundary. And so I have to implement these boundaries uh, in, in order to I'm protect. Now I'm starting to see what your topic was. Okay, so once I set these boundaries of, hey, I'm not going to talk about my kids with you. What are you doing today? And I turn it. I flip it. I redirect it. You know? I've listened to you. You do well. Because do I want well. to spend some time just lovingly talking to her and spending time with her, but I'm not going to entertain things that I know are dangerous. Um, otherwise, if I do entertain it, I don't get to be a victim later. I don't get to complain about the scenario I open myself up to later. Right. So when you look at, and especially to our listeners, when you look, it doesn't even matter if you're in recovery or you're a drug addict or alcoholic or not, just a regular person. Everyone has challenging family members that have, you know, cognitive or mental limitations or things they've went through, right? And you don't get to say, this person makes me react that way, or this person makes me hit them, or this person makes me spend money, or what. You don't get to blame it on other people. Hold on a minute. You Hold on a minute. You tell person- me all the time <laughs> that I make don't you hit me. Don't share that on the radio. That I make you hit me. <laughs> And I say, you no, can't said, hit me. And you're saying, you, you don't just... get to say whatever you want to say, Donnie. <laughs> so what you're saying There's is... There's consequences to your actions. <laughs> okay. It's a totally different topic. Oh, so it doesn't... Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> it doesn't apply right here. Okay. You're going to confuse our listeners. They're going to think I'm actually violent with you. But what I'm saying is... You are. <laughs> <laughs> you 
<laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, you hit like a girl, but you hit. I'm asking our listeners to take a look at the most challenging relationships closest to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask our listeners to say, where have you set the ball rolling? What are mistakes you have made in the past that placed you in that difficult or challenging situation with that person? Well, and, and what can you do differently moving forward? What do the boundaries need to be? Because if you figure out your boundaries and you implement them kindly, then you're protecting your own serenity and you're taking strenuous effort and action towards a better life. Period. And so for me recently, I took on a couple of new sponsees. Uh, they were both already sober when I did, like meaning a through year steps, or more. Yeah. yeah. And they need to go through the steps again. <clears throat> and you know, it's funny. I get real, like you are OCD about the way you take somebody through the steps. Yes. <sighs> and I'm not, but I set a ball rolling and I have to pay a price. Yes, so because do. I get loose and relaxed mm-hmm. and I'm not real strict... I'm, I then find myself in uncomfortable conversations and having to say things I don't want to. Gotta reel and, it back in. And I made that mistake. And, but well, hold on. So my the personal responsibility is, is that if I just did it the same way every single time. Then you wouldn't place yourself in that position. I don't. And I'm, and I'm very clear and upfront. And I don't have to have those uncomfortable conversations. I may have to have different ones, but at least I don't have that issue. Where, it remi- and this does go into 12-step world for any of our 12-step listeners. Because um, some people are like, oh, Heather's a mean sponsor. And ask anyone I sponsor. I'm actually not mean at all. Um, but I am almost rigid about the process. because Not I'm, almost. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm trying to teach people how to sponsor. No, 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 how but to, how to hold, sponsor. hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. What, what did time. I just say, though? The rigidity the is good every from, time. Yes. I get it. By, by because you're rigid, there's no question. You don't give wiggle room. Right. And because I haven't been rigid about the process, it places I give- yourself in an uncomfortable position. Because I give too much wiggle room and they start a wiggling and For I'm instance, shocked. For instance, if I tell a new sponsor, newly sober person, hey, don't text me, call me. That's because I don't want to. I know what's going to happen if I don't set that boundary. This sponsee's going to think it's okay to text me a novel of all of her sober living drama every day. The worst. I do not want that crap on my phone. I don't need it. I am not here to be your editor and read your novels. So my rule is don't text me until after your fifth step. Call me. Yeah. Okay. And so another thing is, is be on time. When we have appointments, you're going to be on time, unless it's an emergency. And I'll, I'll wiggle maybe seven to ten minutes. But my rule is if you're 15 minutes or more, we're rescheduling and you're at least a week out. Do you remember that time that girl was an I hour do. late at the front door, banging on the door, begging me to still meet with her, and I yeah. had to turn her away? I said, you can't, I can't allow you to treat, to treat this process that way. And she's like, but I'm desperate. I said, no, if you were desperate, you would have been at my door an hour ago. Okay. I can't teach you So you held her okay. Now close it up. So that's what I'm, I'm asking our listeners to take a good look at new boundaries they can set and to get excited about um, making changes in your life that improve your life. You know, can you relate to what I'm saying at all? Right. I can't. No, absolutely. I can. Oh. You know, when we were driving in, I'm like, I don't know. Where we're going. This has been good. It's been you good. You just so. now get the topic. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening. Please message us on Facebook. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Thanks for listening today. Hashtag God, though.